Thank you, Missy. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 9, and today we're going to be looking at verse 14. As you're turning there, how much trouble can we get into when we leave God out? How much trouble can we get into when we leave God out? We can get into all sorts of trouble. The same can be said when we fail to consult God and pray about decisions that we're about to make. Every decision we make, we should consult God before we make it. But when we fail to pray, when we fail to consult God, when we leave God out, what happens? We can open ourselves up to temptation. We can fall to temptation and fall into sin. I believe this is why Paul, if you look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says that we are to pray without ceasing. We're always to have a prayer in our mind and in our heart and on our lips. We're to pray without ceasing, always consulting God, always keeping that line of communication with God open. What we're going to see today is that Joshua and the children of Israel failed to consult God in a decision that they made. They left God out of the decision. And as a result, this one act made them violate a command that God had given them. It opened up the nation of Israel to idolatry. And it got them involved in a war. One thing. One time that they failed to consult God. And it caused all sorts of trouble for Israel. Again, look at Joshua chapter 9, verse 14. It's written, And the men accepted their tale concerning their victuals and counseled not with the mouth of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship. Just illuminate your word for us and just help us to apply what we learn today in our hearts and our life. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you've given us, chiefly that of your precious and holy Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, today as we worship, I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us today. Illuminate your word for us and help us just to learn what you would have us to learn today and help us just to apply this to our hearts and our life. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that may have lost loved ones, Lord. We just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. 
And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. Just give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, today, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray, Lord, that you would just open up their hearts today and just speak to them and let salvation come into their home. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to be with them, be with us today as we worship, and help us just to seek your will and way in our life. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now to give some background, in the law, God commands Israel not to commit any of the sins that had been committed in Egypt. And then he also commands them not to commit any of the sins that were taking place in the land of Canaan. The land that he was giving to them. In Leviticus 18.24, God tells them not to defile themselves with these sins. He calls it a defilement. He says, you shall not defile yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I will cast before you. And then what we also see in Leviticus 18 is God says that if Israel defiled themselves in this way, that the land would vomit them out the same way it was going to vomit out the nations that were in Canaan at that time. See, God did not want Israel to fall into the sins that were committed by the Canaanites. By the nations in Canaan. As a result of these sins, God commands Israel to destroy, utterly destroy these nations. These kingdoms that were in this land. And we see this command in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. God commands Israel to go into these lands and destroy the nations because if Israel allowed any of these peoples to survive, any of these nations to survive, God says that the sins of these nations, the idolatry of these nations would become a snare to you. They would ensnare you. And once ensnared, Israel would start worshiping these false gods. Now, if you think about it, why did God give them this message, this command to destroy these nations? If you look in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 20 and 21, Paul says that behind every idol is a demon, a devil whether it was the Romans and worshiping all the gods that the Romans worshipped during the time of Paul or the, the idols of the Canaanites or look at all the, the idolatry and false gods in the world today, whether it's in Islam or Hinduism or Taoism or Confucianism or Buddhism or whatever the false religion is, behind these idols is a demon. It's devil worship. And it is satanic. So the Canaanites, if we look at what Paul says 
and we look back at what was going on in the land of Canaan during the time of Joshua, the Canaanites were worshiping Satan. They were worshiping devils. They were sacrificing their children to these idols. And God tells Israel to destroy them. Now, it wasn't because of anything good that Israel had been doing that he does this, that he commands Israel to go in there and destroy them. Because what happened after God delivered Israel from the land of Egypt? How many times did Israel fall into sin? What was the first thing they did? When, when Moses went up onto Mount Sinai, the first thing that Israel does is they build a golden calf and start worshiping it. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 4 through 5, Moses said, it's not because you've done anything good that God is giving you this land, that God is doing this. He says, you're a stiff-necked people. The reason God was sending Israel back into the land of Canaan, there was two reasons. The first is he was fulfilling the promise that he had made to Abraham. He had given Abraham that land and he said that I was going, I'm going to give this land to all your descendants. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 9 verses 4 and 5, God tells Israel another reason he is doing this. He says it's because the nations in that land are wicked. And I am punishing their sin. It's not because of anything you've done that I'm doing this. You're a stiff-necked people. You're sinful as well. He says, but the nations of these land, in this land, I'm going to destroy because of their sin. And I'm going to use you as this instrument. So God is using Israel to punish the sins of these nations. And he commands Israel, do not do anything that these nations are doing. Destroy every single one of them. Or you will be ensnared. And what happens? Israel crosses the Jordan River and the first city they come to is Jericho. And they go in and they destroy Jericho. Only one person survived and that was Rahab because she had protected the spies. And then she joins the nation of Israel and starts worshiping the one true God and what do we see about Rahab? In the Gospel of Luke, we see that Rahab is one of the descendants or one of the ancestors of Mary. She's one of the ancestors of Jesus Christ. And then they go to the city of Hai and they destroy Hai. And then we see that the Gibeonites heard about what was going on. They heard that Israel had crossed the Jordan River and they were destroying the nations 
that was in the land of Canaan, and they were scared. They were terrified of this. So they come up with a plan. They send these men to Israel, to the camp. And they make these men wear old clothes, torn shoes, wineskins that are busted, and then all the bread that they had was moldy. And when they get to the camp, they tell the the children of Israel that we're ambassadors from this far off land. And look at our our food, it's all moldy. When we left, it was hot and and new and and good. And our wineskins were new and they were full and our clothes weren't torn and our shoes were new. And now look at them, they're all torn up. And what happens? The children of Israel fail to pray to God. They fail to consult God. They left God out of this decision. And they make a treaty with these people. Make a treaty with them. Instead of praying and consulting with God, the leaders of Israel and Joshua left God out. And again, they make a treaty with these people. And it was only later, it was three days later, if you you read down, it was three days later they find out that these people had lied to them. They find out they had been deceived. And they find out that the city of Gibeon is pretty close to where they were. But it was too late because they had already given their word to these people that they would not destroy them. So what happens as a result of not praying and asking God's counsel? What happens because they left God out? Three things. The first is they violate the command of God. They sin. That's the first thing they do. They violate God's command regarding the inhabitants of the land. Absolutely violate it. And they fall into sin because they made this treaty. God had commanded Israel to destroy all the nations, to drive out all the inhabitants from the land of Canaan. And now they have this big city of Gibeon right in the middle of Israel, right in the middle of the land that they failed to drive out, that they failed to destroy. They made a treaty with them. Second, When the children of Israel started complaining that the leaders had made this treaty, what do the leaders say? Well, we'll just enslave them. We'll make them our servants. We'll make them our slaves. What had God delivered Israel from? Slavery. They were slaves in Egypt. 
And now they're saying, we're going to have our own slaves. So they bring in the sin of slavery into the land. And as a result of this, instead of destroying the Gibeonites, they make them slaves. And we see this in Joshua 9, 21 through 27. And as a result of this, what happens? You have the Gibeonites dwelling with the Hebrews. You have these pagans, these idol worshipers, dwelling alongside the Hebrews, bringing their idols into Israel. So it opens up Israel not only to the sin of slavery, it opens up Israel to the sin of idolatry. And we see that later on, Israel becomes ensnared by this. Israel starts to worship idols. And then third, Israel is now obligated to protect Gibeon. If you continue reading, what happens? All the nations in Canaan find out what the Gibeonites had done. And they get mad. And they march on the city of Gibeon to destroy it. And the Gibeonites, they can't fight all these nations. So they cry out to Israel. They send messengers to Joshua. And they say, come save us. So now Israel is obligated, because of this treaty, to rescue Gibeon. So this one action where they leave God out leads to sin, leads to Israel becoming slave masters, opening themselves up to idolatry, and a war. One action where they leave God out. Not consulting God leads to sin, potential ensnarement with idolatry and war. All because of one action. Now what happened the last time that you left God out of a decision? What happened the last time that you had something major going on in your life and you didn't pray about it? You didn't consult God and you left God out. Did it turn out how you hoped? Or did that decision lead to sin? Did it open up the door to temptation? Did you fall to the temptation? See, every time that we have a decision in our life, we need to consult God. Regardless of what the decision is, whether it's a big decision or a small decision, we need to consult God before we make it. 
Because that is the only way when we consult God and we listen for God's answer, that is the only way to ensure we will not fall into sin by this action. God wants us to consult with him. He wants us to talk to him. That's why he gave us prayer. Prayer is that direct line of communication with God. And prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. God's not a genie in a bottle. Prayer does not mean that we just sit there and and make all these demands of God and then expect God to answer these demands. Prayer is not that. When we pray, we are to talk to God and we are to listen for his response. Prayer is a dialogue with God where we talk to him and then he talks to us. When we pray, we need to listen for the answer. Listen to what God speaks to us. What happened the last time you had a decision? A major decision going on in your life. Did you consult God? And did you listen to his response? Or did you fall into sin by not doing this? Think about Israel and Joshua. What would have happened if Israel had consulted God? What would have happened if Joshua had said to these Gibeonites, before we make this treaty, we're going to consult with the Lord our God? Would they have made that treaty? No. They would not have made that peace with Gibeon and they would not have violated God's command. They would not have opened themselves up to idolatry. They would not have fought a war and they wouldn't have brought slavery into the land. Because if you think about it, in making that treaty, they did one thing, one other thing that God had told them not to do. God had said, do not do or commit the sins of Egypt. And what did they do? They committed the sin of Egypt in becoming slaveholders. One failure to consult God opened Israel up to sin that lasted Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Until they were finally destroyed because of their sin. One failure to consult God can do the same to us. It can open us up to sin. 
and sin is a destroyer. It can destroy us. We're to pray and consult God in every aspect of our life. No matter how big or small this decision is, we're to always talk to God and never leave God out. Again, remember, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And the Greek word there, just to give you a little bit of background, the Greek word for pray without ceasing, for that not ceasing, is the same word that the Greeks use for a persistent cough, one that won't go away. So Paul is saying, when we pray, pray in a way that it never goes away. Without ceasing, always having this prayer, in our hearts and on our lips, always talking to God, always open to his leading. And when we do this, we will not be led astray. When we do this, we will not fall to temptation. When we do this, we will not fall into sin because we're not leaving God out of our life. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon this time. And Lord, as we go into this time of invitation, again, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, just pray that you would speak to their hearts. And Lord, help us just to remember to always have you in our life. Help us to never leave you out of any decision that we make. Just continue to be with us during this time and help us just to look to you for guidance. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.